Welcome into the Reviewing the Brew podcast. I'm Dave Gasper, joined once again by my co-editor, Matthew Dewaskin. And we have a special guest joining us today since the Milwaukee Brewers have made it to the National League Division Series, and they will be facing the Colorado Rockies. We've invited uh, from our friends over at Rocks Pile, Jake Shapiro is joining us. Uh, Jake, how you doing? Good. I'm at the airport at Denver International, headed out to Milwaukee. Uh, I'm looking forward to my second trip to Miller Park this summer. I love that ballpark. You guys have a gem in that place. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Miller Park's fantastic. It really is. But uh, actually, I, I always really enjoyed going to Coors. I've been there a few times in my life, and it, it's always been a, been a quality, quality experience. I think Speaking- Coors, yeah, yeah, I think Coors is, if you look at the ballparks, Coors is probably third or fourth in the major leagues. You have to come out to Coors great ballpark the environment around it is great but i always say this to my family back in chicago every chicagoan's favorite baseball park in chicago is miller park 100 percent offend some of you guys but that's true <laughs> well yeah. uh hey, jake uh speaking of course speaking of miller there we are <laughs> yes. yes oh man uh jake i i gotta ask are are you a miller or a Coors guy That is a bold take right there. I mean, our hot take segment is coming up kind of at the end of the podcast, but that was, that was, I think, one of the hottest takes we may have ever had. You know, there's the bar uh, in Boulder. There's a bar called Sundown Saloon, and it sells more PBR than any bar in the country. So we love ourselves some Wisconsin beer over here. Wine and Kugels, you know, all that stuff. Have you ever had a uh, spotted cow? I actually did when I was in Milwaukee this yes. summer. I went what, to you think? a bar. Oh, it was terrific. I had three of them after the game. And it was, oh. I had a couple of day game next. And it was, yeah, we'll just put it that way. Right on. Yeah, I mean, that is, it, it's definitely going to be a, a great experience. And I saw uh, on the fan-sided swag shop, uh, they just added today the Better Beer, Better Baseball shirts that they've now added for both of our teams. I mean, that's going to be... I almost want one of those shirts now. We call this the Sud Series. Oh yeah, the, I think we should. Yeah, that that's definitely what this has to be. All right. Well, enough about beer. Uh, let's get back to the actual baseball, uh, which is the reason why we're all here. Uh, the Rockies had a very thrilling end to the season, Jake, and I mean they they tied the Dodgers for the NL West. I know we were kind of helping each other back and forth with, with the wild card, with the Brewers beating the, the Cardinals, helping the Rockies kind of get back into uh, the wild card, and they eventually just jumped all the way up to the division. And then the tiebreaker game, Rockies weren't able to pull it out, and the Dodgers just kind of jumped ahead. But the wild card game comes around, facing the Cubs, and, and I watched that marathon last night, and that was... Yep. Tense and stressful for me as a Brewer fan. What was that like for you for the Rockies? You know, it was a really, really fun game to watch as a third party, someone that's not a Rocky or a Cubs fan, explicitly. And 
you know, it was back and forth, and it was one of the best baseball games that I've seen in a long time. And you can make the case that the Rockies not only have played in one of the best game 163s in 2007, but now one of the best game 164s of all time as well. Uh, you know, that was completely different than last year's wild card game we saw in Arizona. It was a high-scoring affair. I was out there. That game was just ridiculous. It was a classic mountain time zone game where the ball was being hit everywhere around the yard. But yesterday is why people love the game of baseball. You're second-guessing every decision. You're wondering why that pitch is thrown there. You're wondering how long the starter should be thrown in. Every single play comes down to execution because it's so tight. And I, I really do believe that's one of the games why we all love baseball. No matter if you're a Cubs fan or a Rockies fan, you kind of just have to sit there and go, man, that was a hell of a baseball game. Yeah, and I mean, you look and you look at the hero for the Rockies, Tony Walters, the, the third-string catcher of all people, gets the hit. Yeah, uh, this guy had 31 hits this year. He's an under 200 hitter. Oh. Uh, it's, this is not a very good hitter. I mean, but he's a guy that has been hotter as of lately. He's, I think, hit 300 in the month of September. And he's had go. streaks over his career where he's been pretty solid. And Tony is a guy that's really in their first defense. He's a specialty catcher for Herman Marquez and John Gray. I mean, he is not the guy that anyone expected to come through in that situation or at all in that game. But he was back in there because of a double switch. I mean, we saw Rizzo come out of that game. We saw Charlie Blackman come out of the game. And it's not like Drew Butera's bat was going to be missing either. But it, it felt like last night was going to be one of those nights where we were going to see a hero that was going to be unexpected. Uh, I wouldn't have bet on Walters. I probably would have had Tara before Walters, as you guys know, uh, from his mm. Milwaukee days. He's a player yeah. that comes in clutch. But uh, Tony, it's, it's good to see because he's a really good guy. And he's adored by the team. They treat him like a little brother. I mean that that's really I mean that just says it all right there. Oh. Yeah, and this time of year you have that. I mean the Rockies have had heroes each of the five times they've gone to the postseason where it's like, really, that guy was your hero when you have Todd Helton, Frank Lewitsky, Larry Walker, or Carlos Gonzalez, and Ryan Spillboard was your hero. But last night it was Tony Walters. Yeah, I mean, how do you think Brewers fans feel when when you have Ryan Braun, you have Prince Fielder, and their hero in the NLDS was Niger Morgan? Back in 2011. Hey, who doesn't love themselves some Niger Morgan? I mean, I always love me some T-Plush. But <laughs> still, I mean, he had a great year that year. But he's really kind of tailed off since. But so, so right, now, he was a great player for Washington, too, though. Yeah. So, so now that the Rockies have dispatched the Cubs, uh, thank you for that, by the way. Because Thank you, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's... <laughs> It's not that we were afraid of the Cubs. It's just that after all all the trash talk and, and everything, after beating them in one sixty three, facing them again in a five in a best of five series, I think that would have been too much for a lot of us to take. Yeah, you know the Cubs. I think have the same thing that the Rockies have, and that's a very good starting rotation. And you saw most of that starting rotation last night. Yeah, in one game. Uh, but the Cubs have the weakness that a lot of teams in baseball do this year, and it's the bullpen. And everyone wants to talk about the bullpen, and that's the one thing the Brewers don't have to worry about is their bullpen. The Cubs, you know, has a shaky bullpen, and as soon as they took out Quintana in that game on Monday, I knew the Brewers were going to win. I mean, that was the feeling, and I think a lot of Brewers and Cubs fans probably felt that way as well. But, you know, the Cubs would have given the Brewers a hell of a matchup. I know the Brewers have played them well as of late, but I think we all remember the start of the season when the 
Cubs won, what, eight or nine straight to start the season against the Brewers? Yeah, it, yeah. it was pretty. Right, and you had Chris Bryant back for now. I mean, who knows if it's actually Chris Bryant or just a Chris Bryant. But you had a really formidable team in the Cubs with a lot of postseason experience. And if I'm a Milwaukee Brewers fan, I'm sitting there going, I might rather take these unknown guys with pretty much one game of playoff experience, two games of playoff experience, both in the NL wildcard game the last two day, you know, games. And a manager who's never been in a postseason series in Bud Black, albeit he's been in, you know, the big leagues for 11 years, over the guy who's won a World Series in Joe Madden and featuring a lot of that cast that won the World Series just two years ago. Yeah, and I think a lot of Brewers fans just, I mean, they feel similarly where, like, if the Brewers lose in the NLDS here, they'd be fine losing to the Rockies. Like, it's not going to be an embarrassing thing, but losing to the Cubs, it just would have been too much to handle. But, I mean, like like you're saying with the Cubs and the Rockies, just the strength, they didn't really have a big bullpen. Uh with the Rockies kind of being a bit more of an unknown to, to Brewers fans, what's really that the team strength that the Rockies have just kind of built their success on? Here's a funny thing, because it's Denver, it's Coors Field. There's a lot of runs scored in Denver and at Coors Field with the Colorado Rockies. That's been mm-hmm. the narrative about the Rockies for 26 years. Their mm-hmm. best thing that they have is two dominant starting pitchers. And not only that, but a really good starting rotation as a whole to the point where they've got six of them and there's some question marks about four, five, and six because unlike the Brewers where they don't know who their number one or number two starter is really yeah. in this series, there's some questions. Yeah. The, the Rockies don't know how they're going to get all of their starters into this series. So the Rockies oh. have a really good problem there. And Marquez and Freeland are just, if you haven't seen them pitch, if you didn't see Freeland last night, if you didn't see Marquez in the game 163, those two guys are legitimate aces, and they both pitch completely in different ways. One's a right-handed powerball guy. One's a left-handed guy that's exactly like John Lester in the way he just paints the corners all night. So that is the Rockies' main strength. And it follows their whole philosophy that they had this offseason, which was run prevention. And they have a sound defensive infield. They've got a guy, Nolan Arenado, who's won a gold glove in every single year he's been in the big leagues. Oh, yeah. DJ LeMay, who who's been a, a multi-time gold lover. And then they have a shortstop in Trevor Story, who is just a tick below Brandon Crawford in terms of defense. So, I mean, it's a guy that you guys know familiar. It's similar to Addison Russell in terms of defense in the infield and shortstop. So you got three gold glove caliber infielders. And then mm-hmm. if you look in the outfield, Carlos Gonzalez, while at the tail end of his career, is a guy who's won gold gloves. And Gerardo Parra, you know from his days in Milwaukee, is a guy who's a really good defender in the outfield. So, this team is built on run prevention, mainly with their starting rotation. David, uh, I, I, after hearing all that, I kind of wish the, the, the Brewers were facing the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be an <laughs> easy matchup either way, but... No, now I'm terrified. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, so so what about the, <laughs> the weaknesses? I mean, there's there's got to be some sort of, of weakness in, in this Rockies team that, that could be their downfall. There are a couple massive weaknesses. With okay, yeah, we want to hear about those. So yeah, yeah. So you got a guy in Ian Desmond at first base who was legitimately the worst player in Major League Baseball this year. Oh. Uh, he, he, he's actually uh. been a little bit better than the numbers say. I will grant him that. He's been, if you look at WPA, he's been pretty clutch for the Rockies. Uh, their catching situation, they've got three catchers, which means, like in football, you guys know this, they have no catchers. Uh, so <laughs> they've struggled there. 
Uh, Charlie Blackman has become a liability in center field, so his defense has taken a tick below, although his offense is still sterling, as we know. I mean, the guy almost won an MVP last year. Mm. And then the biggest holes the Rockies have are left-handed reliever. They haven't been able to figure this out all year. And Chris Russin, who's got a 7 ERA, is going to be the guy called upon to get big lefties out in that Brewers lineup. And you look at their bullpen, the Rockies. They've got four good guys, four really decent guys, and Wade Davis, Adam Adovino, Scott Oberg, and then Sangwano. And just like you guys, you've got, got four elite guys, but then it drops down. See, for you guys, it drops down to another couple decent guys. For the Rockies, it drops down to a bunch of question marks, and that's when you might see them move a guy like John Gray, who is a very good starting pitcher, into the bullpen. Chad Bettis, who's been in their rotation on and off all year, into their bullpen. A couple things like that. So that's where you see the Rockies. But their biggest weakness, left-handed reliever, and then their second biggest weakness is the bottom of their order. It's been almost five automatic outs at the bottom of their order, order four automatic outs all throughout the course of the year with six, seven, eight, nine. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty interesting because the Brewers, they've added a lot of left-handed bats. they got Mike Moustakis, Travis Shaw. they got Curtis Granderson there now. Uh, they, they got a bunch of options uh, for from the left-handed side to really kind of attack that weakness uh, of left-handed pitchers in, in that bullpen. And then you kind of look at the Brewers. I mean, it's kind of reverse for, for these two teams, I think, because the strength for the Rockies, as you said, is their rotation. They got two dominant starting pitchers. The Brewers don't have a single dominant starting pitcher, but they have the dominant bullpen. They have the dominant lefty arm in Josh Hader that can just mow down anybody. And it, it's just, it just kind of is a flip uh, for these two teams, I think. Yeah, and what I will say about Josh Hader is I think he scares the Rockies less than he does most teams. You look at Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and Matt Holliday, right-handed back. Holiday's going to pinch hit in this situation, but Nolan and Trevor are going to be there no matter what. And Josh Hader's likely to face them at some point because those are the two Rockies' big names, and that's your big dog in the bullpen. Nolan and Trevor Story both have OPSs over 1,200 against left-handed pitching this year. And I know Josh Hader's a different animal. But that just speaks to how good those two guys are. So if Josh Hader has that part of the lineup, I think the Rockies still, you know, feel okay about their chances rather than, you know, a lot of teams in baseball saying this is going to be an inning where we just kind of have to punt on it essentially. So, and the other thing with the Rockies too is they don't have the plethora of pinch hitters that the Brewers do. I mean, the Brewers are going to have one of those middle infielders with a good bat coming off the bench. Domingo Santana, 30 home run guy last year. Then they've also got Dames or Braun coming off the bench. So they can really platoon and expose some issues in the Rockies' bullpen. And that sixth, seventh inning is going to be where the games are won, I think, where you're at the front end or the front end of the board bullpen slash the end of that starting rotation, and you've reached where the Rockies' starters or, or, or bullpen is starting to get into the game because your, your eighth and ninth is locked down with Adovino and Davis. But seventh inning, when you've got Scott Oberg out there, who does well against lefties, but he's not a left-handed pitcher. You're going to some ex, uh, expose some issues. And the good news, I think the best news of all for the Brewers, is that the last two days the Rockies have had to use Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland. It's very unlikely that the Rockies will get to use their two best starting pitchers more than twice. I mean, you might see Kyle Freeland on Saturday. You might see Herman Marquez on Saturday, or Sunday, rather. But it's unlikely that they're going to put him on short rest uh, for Friday's game, for Men Marquez, that is, and then put him on short rest for game five. 
So it's very likely that the Brewers are going to miss out on the Rockies' biggest team strength in three games, which is all you need to win this series. And uh, just a point of reference, uh, Josh Cater against righties this year, uh, 244 Woba against, which is fantastic, but eight of his nine home runs have come against right-handers this year. So yeah, right. there, there could be a bit of vulnerability there, and that, that could be a concern that the fans should watch out for. And those three guys that I mentioned are massive power guys. So oh, yeah. you see, you know, Blackman and LeMay, you get on in front of Story and Arenado in the eighth inning with Hader on. Yeah, you know what? You still like your chances if you're a Brewers fan, but the home run pop, you know, the home run threat comes into the game, and you start wondering if the correct counsel maybe about going to, to Jeffries in the bullpen. Yeah, and that's going to be really a, a tough decision going going forward for Council because Josh Hader, he needs a couple days of rest in, in between his outings, especially if he goes multiple innings. Right, which I think is a big concern. He's the one reliever in baseball that's like that, that he doesn't go multiple days. And, you know, you do have the off days, so that's beneficial to Hader, but you're probably only going to see him three times maximum in this series. Hmm. Agreed. Yeah. We are talking with Jake Shapiro from Rocks Pile, the fan-sided site covering the Colorado Rockies. As Brewers get ready to take on the Rockies in a best-of-five NLDS. So, uh, Jake, you were talking before uh, really about that dominant uh, starting rotation with Kyle Freeland, uh, Herman Marquez. Uh, those are kind of the really the, the two top guys. And the Brewers are going with something a little bit different. Craig Council announced today that it's going to be a bullpen game for game one of the series tomorrow night. And that's really going to be kind of kind of an interesting matchup because the Brewers have Ulysse Chassin. He's, he's a career mid-to-back-end starter. Uh, they got Gio Gonzalez. Oh, we know. We're, yeah. we're aware of Ulysse Chassin here in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he had a decent career to start there, didn't he? You know, you know, and like I said about the Rockies with their starting pitching and their hitting and their narratives of old, they were true. Yolis Chassin, I talked about this on my podcast today, the Rocky Road podcast. Yolis Chassin, you can make the case, is legitimately the fourth best pitcher in Rockies history. Wow. Yes. Old statement. It's Aaron Cook, Jeff Francis, Ubaldo <laughs> Jimenez, Jorge De La Rosa, and Yolis Chassin. And then you literally have Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, and John Gray already right there. Because look at those names. Yeah. No, 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 no love for David Need or, or Jason Jennings. <laughs> I thought those guys were great. <laughs> yeah, it turns out Mike Hampton was a better batter in Colorado than he was a pitcher. He was rough. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, Jake, uh, before you before you dip out with us, you know, what, what's your prediction for the series? I honestly have the Rockies winning this series. Uh, I feel confident about the Rockies' ability to get the Brewers' bullpen tomorrow. I think Chassin's going to pitch a great game on Friday. And then Kyle Freeland is a Denver kid who has the lowest ERA in the history of Coors Field at 240 over his two seasons here in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, I think he's going to get the ball Saturday. Then you got Herman Marquez to close it out. Or on Sunday, and then you got Herman Marquez to close it out on Monday. I really like the way this lines up for the Rockies. And, yeah, I said this on my podcast today, too. You know what? The only team hotter than the Rockies in baseball is the one you're playing in the Milwaukee Brewers, but they just had to deal with having a couple days off here. 
I think only having one day off is going to benefit the Rockies. And they really needed it, too, because they have to deal with something that no other team in baseball does, which is going away from Coors Field. The altitude affects you. Their first two games, they normally tank offensively. Well, they've already had those first two games in Los Angeles and Chicago, and they did enough to keep advancing. So you might see the offense, which has been, once again, the team's biggest downfall, come up in a big way. I like the ability of the Brewers to get their contact bats out, which is such a key in the postseason. The bullpen's such a key, but the Rockies still have the power that the Brewers do. The Rockies have a better defense than the Brewers do, and the Rockies have guys that they know they can rely on for six to seven innings at a time. Yeah, and I think having, having that rotation, those, those starting pitchers in Marquez and Freeland, um, having those guys that you know like they can, they can go six or seven comfortably – and you don't have to worry about much. And the Brewers don't really have that. Most of their guys, they're done after four or five innings. And that could really wear right. out and a bullpen. You, yeah. I know, yeah. And I know if you look at Sentatella's numbers, they aren't there like the other guys. But mm. his last three starts, if you look at it, all of a sudden he started to develop some off-speed stuff. And it's been great. And if you think the pressure is going to get to him at Miller Park tomorrow, you're completely wrong. Because he made his big league debut in Miller Park to open the season. Uh, in 2017, if you guys remember, it was yeah. the game of the series, and he had the bases loaded in the first inning, got out of the jam with no run scored. I mean, this dude has balls. He's a guy you want out there. It's the same way Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez pitched. And Tyler Anderson, same case. He hasn't been great this year, but you look at his last three to four starts, and he's been a different guy because he's been healthy. You know, Jake, I'm, I'm willing to say that every dude has balls. <laughs> uh, yeah. More or less. <laughs> I mean, it's important to have out, out there on the mound, especially when you're pitching. You're gonna need at least one in your hand. <laughs> you guys, you guys are gonna see minimum. You guys are gonna see Kyle Freeland pitch one game in this series, and you're gonna get back to me, and you're gonna see a guy. I mean, you're never gonna, you will not see a guttier pitcher than Kyle Freeland. Here's a great stat on Kyle Freeland. He's pitched 205 innings, I think, this year. He has not allowed okay. an unearned run to score. Wow. He's not allowed an unearned run to score. Right. He has not allowed an unearned run. All of his runs that he's allowed have been earned this season. And his left on base percentage is like 84, which is like okay. third in the big leagues. He just he does not care. He actually gets better with men in scoring position and runners on base. I, honestly, it, it sounds like that, that speaks more to the, the quality of the, the Rockies' defense than it does to Freeland. I think it speaks to both, and the Rockies have definitely gotten really good with defensive positioning. They've mm. gone a little bit away from shifting like every team in baseball, but when you have three guys that you can move no matter where in the shift, and you know that they have the range to cover a whole side if they need to when they've got a slow guy in the shift on the other side, like a Nolan Arenado, they feel a lot more confident than a lot of teams when you all of a sudden have Mike Stock is playing in the de facto shortstop spot. Yeah, so I mean... Okay. It's, I mean, I, I watched that game yesterday, and Kyle Freeland was just, he was dicing. He was dicing up those Cubs hitters. It was really fun to watch, j just to kind of see how he pitched. Right, and it's not like this guy has 98. It's not like he has the sick curve. That's Herman Marquez, and that's why it's so fun to watch Kyle Freeland. And from the Denver perspective, it's even more fun. I talk about this all the time. He's one of us. I literally run into his girlfriend getting groceries all the time. I mean, I had oh. brunch with a friend of his the other day. I played him in high school. You know what I mean? He is one of us, and he is out there on the mound, and he just had the single-season best ERA in Colorado Rockies history. 
it's amazing. I mean, that seems like wow. Wow. I, I, want, I, want, I want no part of him. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, that's... He can keep him away from the Brewers. I want and, no part of this and he dude. And pitching Sunday out. in the Rockies' first home playoff game in nine years. That's not going to end up well for the Brewers. No, yeah. it's probably... Yeah. I mean, who, who do you think the Brewers will have? Craig Council hasn't announced, but I think they could end up going with maybe uh, Gio Gonzalez maybe for that game. I mean, Gio Gonzalez, he's been pretty good since he joined the Brewers. I mean, he's... What I think, like three and zero with like a two something ERA in his five starts since joining the Brewers. So you never know, but it's Gio's going to be loud great. over there in Coors. Gio's been great, and I believe he's the one guy in the Brewers rotation that really scares the Rockies. I think if you look at his numbers, don't quote me on this. He's got really good numbers against the Rockies, but I'm not exactly sure. Well, I hope he does. Let Let's go on believing that. Uh, <laughs> that, that that's the assumption I'm going with. Yeah, okay, from here yeah. On out, yeah, let's it, go it, with uh, Gio Gonzalez has great numbers against the Rockies. It, Gio, Gio Gonzalez is, 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 is going to keep the Brewers in this series. Just you watch. Yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> if it comes back to, I mean, say, I mean, say the Brewers, you know, they, they get up to a lead in the first two games at Miller Park because Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez aren't going. Um, you know, then, then they go to Coors Field. You got two games there. It could end up tied after four, and if it comes back to a game five back in Milwaukee, that's that's going to be tough for, for Colorado to pull out a win there because uh, an NLDS game five at Miller Park has not ended up well for the opponents, uh, as we remember from 2011. Right, Matthew? Yes, that's accurate. Yeah. And you're going to have that Brewers bullpen going ready from first pitch on, which is something... That scares the hell out of you. Yeah, I think the Rockies' goal of this series is to win one of the two in Milwaukee, and that's really what this series is going to come down to. But you guys will remember the Eric Thames walk-off from earlier this season when they oh, yeah. scored three runs off Wade Davis in the ninth. So this Brewers team is in no way, shape, shape or form scared of this Rockies' bullpen. Oh, yeah, Wade Davis. The Brewers have quite the history with Wade Davis. I don't know if you remember in 2017, back in late September – when he was still First closing for the Cubs. Here. Yeah, Orlando Arcia, Travis Shaw hitting home runs off him to, to walk it off. So the Brewers, they, they've had quite the success against Wade Davis. Yeah, and he has been shaky at times this year. He's been a lot better in the month of September, but he had a major hiccup there in August. And if you go check that road trip that they had to Milwaukee, they actually blew three saves that road trip between St. Louis and Milwaukee. And that's when it started looking really down for the Rockies, and that was their second little slump of the year. Yeah, so it's the Brewers own the season series five to two, I believe. Um, Correct. And, and Freddie Peralta, uh, he made his major league debut against you guys. I don't know if you remember, but he struck out thirteen and like five oh, and a third. He scares me, man. He scares <laughs> me. Dude, may, maybe he's the uh, he's the secret weapon for game one. They, they go with maybe like a Dan Jennings as an opener, and then they just bring in Freddie to go for like four or five innings and just just dominate. Hey, that's a plan. And, you know, in baseball, I think you're going to start seeing starters not get announced until right before first pitch from here on out. And it's been a courtesy thing for a long time. And I know Bud Black is great friends with both Joe Madden and Dave Roberts, so it was a courtesy thing there. But, I mean, I don't know their relationship, Fred Council, who is a former Rocky, and Bud Black. Yeah, it's definitely going to be 
Going to be a fun series to watch for sure. Um, I believe you have a flight to go catch, if if I'm not mistaken, Jake. Or, or do you, right now, baby. Right now. All right. All right. Well, we'd like to thank Jake Shapiro for joining us, or Shapiro for joining. You told me it before, and I, I, I still mess up. Jake Shapiro yo, yo. from from Rocks Pile for for joining us. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, guys, uh, and good luck to you. This is a fun time of year, no matter what happens. Just remember that we're the fortunate ones that we've gotten this far. Yeah, absolutely. And, and good luck to you. And I look forward to our banter on Twitter. Uh, it's certainly going to be a lot of fun with a lot of gifts. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's our editor's favorite thing to do over at Rocks Pile is gifts. Aw. Right on. Uh, yeah. J- uh, Jake, uh, safe travels. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll, I hope to see either of you in Milwaukee. I know it's a tough ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll try. All right. Uh, th- thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, so that was Jake Shapiro joining us from Rock's Pile, and man, that he had a lot of uh, excitement. Look, looking forward to this series. Uh, he's very positive uh, going going into it. He thinks that the Rockies can pull out a victory in four. Uh, Matthew, d- do you think the Rockies can can pull out a victory in four, or do you see the Brewers taking this series? I of course I see the Brewers taking the series. <laughs> I disagree with that guy completely. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything he just I, said was wrong. A, no. Yes, we now now we have to contradict everything he said. Well, yeah. um, I did like what what he said. The, uh, yeah, okay. I, I did like what he said about the bullpen right. not being that great, um, and the weakness at the bottom of the order. I did enjoy that part. Uh, and, and just to follow up on, on the Gio Gonzalez, uh, you know, you know, you know, tidbit he mentioned. mentioned oh yeah. Uh, in Coors Field, he's pitched three times, fifteen and two thirds innings, fourteen strikeouts, four walks allowed, four homers allowed, four six zero ERA. Okay, so it's not that great. It's not. It's not terrible. It, it's not great. Not terrible. I'm not. I wouldn't. No. I, I wouldn't. It's not as great as I would have hoped. I would have yeah, liked to just go on believing like, that he was great at Coors Field. Yeah, I, I had to shatter that. I apologize. It's my bad. Yeah, you and your facts but, getting in the way. <laughs> yeah, facts getting in the way of a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. So, How dare you? <sighs> yeah, but I mean, uh, it, it's 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 gonna be a fun series. I'm excited for it. I I think the Brewers are probably gonna win in four. Um, you know it. it you know, but you know, but there's a reason they play the games. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone was was saying to us, you know, back in August, like the Brewers have no chance to win this division. I mean, it's just it's exactly. not going to happen. And sure enough, here we are, NL Central champions. Won the division. Yeah, how uh, good is that? Because does that sound to to say NL Central it, champions? It sounds so so wonderful. When. It's it's just such a weight off my shoulders, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, I, I was I was glad that they vanquished the Cubs. I did not want to see the Cubs in the NLDS. Oh I, yeah, I, same. I, I I definitely feel like you know they, they've they've kind of conquered that mountain. You know, they beat them for the division, them specifically. Yeah. And now it's it's time to move on to another challenge. So I, I was kind of dreading seeing the Cubs for five more games, but you know they 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 got bounced by the Rockies. That's that's. Uh, two teams celebrating on their home field in on back-to-back days. Yeah, that, that was. 
that was pretty sweet to watch. And, and it's not that um, Brewers fans or, or the Brewers really would be afraid of the Cubs, um, no. but it's just the risk of, of losing that series after going through all that to, to win the division, all the gloating on Twitter, uh, which uh, we may or may not have been a part of. Uh, <laughs> It was. He can't confirm or deny. Can't. I mean, yeah, it was somebody uh, with our account. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we got hacked. <laughs> yeah, we got hacked. Sure. Um, but yeah, like it's after going through all that, and then to just play those games again. I mean, if the Brewers lost, there's no coming back if they lose that series, and no matter no matter what, for the next year at least, you're just gonna hear. Like oh yeah you know win win the division but you couldn't do anything when it when it counted but but now I, I we can we put would, all that would, to we, rest. David, we, we would just cross off brew and in, in the reviewing the brew name and write pack underneath it. Oh yeah, just like all right, football, let's do it. Yep, we're, we're, we're a football site now. Yep, go pack, go go pack, go. Yeah, we'll hang out with Dairyland Express, Lombardi Avenue, all the other fan sided sites covering Wisconsin sports. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, I can handle, if the Brewers lose to the Rockies, just be like, okay, you know, that's it. It's the end of the yeah, season. It was yeah, a good run, sucks, successful but... year, you know, no hard feelings, you know, go into the offseason happy. If they lose to, if they yeah. lost to the Cubs in the NLDS. Um, that's a long this, winner. Yeah, that's, that just feels like the season's kind of a failure, you know? That's, that's a long winner, pal. Yeah. And I have a lot of friends who are Cubs fans. Don't ask me why I'm friends with them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they. It would just. I'd never hear the end of it. I, I really wouldn't. And I can't handle that. All right, but no need to worry about that. It's the Rockies we have to worry about now. Um, yep. It's going to be tough, I, I think, for the Brewers because going with that bullpen game. I mean, they don't have the starting rotation. And um, w- one of the things that um, a lot of the kind of the national pundits, whatever that have been saying about the Brewers, like they don't have the starting rotation to, to get this done, to make a run. But they've been hot enough as a team that I don't really think it matters that much right now. No, it, I don't think it does either. I, you know, they, 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 they managed to win, what, 96 games with this, yeah. with this rotation? I don't. I mean, I, I granted, you know, I, I, I freely admit the regular season is a, a lot different from the playoffs, but I think they're kind of set up a bit better for playoff success, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they have Yulis Chassin pitching well, Wade Miley's still been pitching well so far, Gio Gonzalez has been great, uh, the offense is rolling, the bullpen is rolling, they're, they're on a hot streak, and all their pitchers are fresh, so they're going with a bullpen game, get everyone in there. Um, Yulis Chassin, though, game two on three days rest. Uh, what do you think about that? Good move, bad move? Because I was thinking he was going to go game three on regular rest, but they, they go to game two. I I think that sends a pretty big signal that he's only going to be in there for five inning stops. Yeah. I, and, I can't see him sticking around long, so it's, it's a little curious to me that they're going to go bullpen game for game one and then go... You know, with it with a short starter in game two, I I, I kind of almost feel like you'd be you'd be better off going traditional starter game one, not Chasin obviously, but traditional starter game one, maybe bullpen game 
game two and then Chasin in, in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, what I had for my um, article on, on the projected starting rotation for, for the NLDS, I had Miley game one, Gio Gonzalez game two, and then Chasin three, and then Zach Davies four if necessary. But um, I, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of Davies, but you kind of needed a fourth starter. I would almost I would almost prefer to go with with Geo in, in in game three or game four just, just because we know he's so awesome in Colorado. Yeah, but also Yolis Chassin has experience in Colorado, so he so he kind of knows a little bit how to pitch there. Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Uh, no, 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 David. Let me let me ask you this: Are you at all worried about Jeremy Jeffress? Um, a little because I mean a little, but not really. I'm not. Okay. Because, okay, so you think, like, he's not available to go in game 163. And, like, he was on Twitter during the game or something. I remember him, like, sending out a couple tweets. There was, like, yes or no, which was odd. But that is odd. I think they were just saving him just in case they ended up losing that game. Like, if Josh Hader blew it, then they had to be in the wild card game. And then they'd at least have Jeffress. Uh, being well rested, um, and I think that's just why he wasn't available. But those neck spasms from a week or so ago—I mean, it's it's kind of odd. Uh, I think it's it's very odd, and it's actually I'm I'm actually really concerned about him. I, I want to see him on the mound before I'm, you know, I I, I feel better about it. Um, it's because I. I, I, I was I was okay with the strategy with leaving Hater out there for the second inning. I I, I kind of felt like you know you you want you know he's been, he's been kind of that dagger all season. You kind of want you want that dagger on the mound for the, the final outs. But then when I find out that Jeffress wasn't available, I'm like, ooh, that's, yeah, that's not, it's not a good sign. Yeah, especially the Twitter so, thing. Like, why is he on his phone? Like, did did you see those tweets? I, no, I did. I I didn't. I'm you know I'm, I'm an old man, and social media is weird to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I but, think uh, he, I think he might have deleted them after. But like someone's like, uh, where's like I like I can't wait for uh, you know Josh Hader, and then uh, at you know Jay Montana like at his Twitter handle to lock down this game, and then he just replied, and he's just like, nope. It's like, wait a minute, it's the eighth inning. What? Why are you tweeting? But that's odd. That is very odd. Um, no, you didn't delete. They're still up. Oh, they are. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's are, are, that's double odd. <laughs> Replying to Brewers, Na- uh, it, someone called Brewers Nation. Are you okay? Yes. Are you with the team? Yes. Yeah. Like. Okay, that's very cryptic. Um, why aren't you like? Okay, but why are you tweeting during a game? That's what that's what concerns me. Yeah. I I don't you know, he, honestly he he's always he's always, you know, kind of, you know, marched to his own drum, so Yeah. You know, maybe it's, it's just, you know, part of his personality. I really, you know, I I, I don't know the man. I never met the man. You know, I'd, I'd like to, but I I really can't speak to, to to why he would do that, honestly. It's 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 the whole whole situation is kind of a head scratcher, and it's kind of concerning to me. Heading into a series this important. Yeah, it's it's going to be big. The, the Brewers say that he will be a full participant in the NLDS. He's going to be fine to go. So there's that at least. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, that's going to be one to watch for sure. Yeah. Now, well, now just going to take this in a, in, a, in a completely different direction to lighten the mood here a bit. All right. How, how, how excited are you to see the, the, the Brewers offense in Colorado for two games? Oh man. I mean, this offense rolling the way it has been. I mean, you put them in, in the thin air. I mean, you got Mike Moustakis, you get Travis Shaw, Jesus Aguilar. I mean, Aguilar hit some, some rainmakers, you know, and, if he can just get it up in the air, get in the jet stream in Colorado, that ball's going to fly. For sure. Yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun to see what, what these guys can produce in the thin air, even against you know the great Kyle Freeland. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Freeland does scare me. Um, Sensatella, I'm not as scared of. Um, I'm not sure who the Rockies are going with in game two, but I, I don't know if that was announced. But, I, it sounds like it's going to be Tyler Anderson as the game two starter. Okay, I think the Brewers can can hit him. I, I don't. I think he's probably he's probably like their number four. I think because you got Mar- Marquez and Freeland there. They're one and two, and then Sensatel mm-hmm. is like their three. So I think Anderson might be their four. We should have asked Jake this before he left. Dang it. Um. Oh well. He, he had a plan to catch. Not his fault. Yeah. He he kind of is. He was a little busy, but very gracious that he could join us on the podcast this week. Um, now, I, 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 will, I will say this about Tyler Anderson. He actually has a, a worse ERA away from Coors Field than he does in Coors Field. Hmm. And they're starting him in uh, Miller Park. Interesting. Yeah. So he, he's a five, he has a 502 ERA away from Coors Field this year, 415 ERA in Coors Field this year. Huh. So, again... Something to keep an eye. You know, we're not. You know, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. And that's a game started by Yolis Chassin. So yeah, I really wish I could go to game two. I really wish I could head down to Milwaukee this weekend, but I can't. I have this thing I, called I I, work I, I, responsibilities. I wish I would. Oh, <laughs> you know, talk to me about responsibility in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to cover a high school football game. It's gonna be great. Well, yeah, could do worse. Yeah. Anyways, hey, Let's last see. week's game was great, but still. Anyway, so, um, going back to uh to game one sixty three a little bit against the oh, Cubs. Okay. The real star of that game was not Christian Yelich, even though he went three for four with an RBI. It was Orlando okay. Arcia. I mean, Arcia went four for four, four singles on base each time. Brought in, he was two runs of of the three that the Brewers scored. I mean, he put up some great at bats. And this is something that we've been looking for from Arcia all season. Yeah. He looked fantastic. He, you know, he. You know, he, he, he was always he was constantly on base. He was constantly, you know, he, he, he was, you know, solid, more than solid in the field. You know, he had a great game all around. He really did. Yeah, and that's really kind of, kind of what you're looking to see. And that's why I kind of think uh, he could be an X factor for, for the Brewers in October. And I wrote about this the other day. Um, so go, go check it out and read that. Uh, Arcia, I mean, you get him on. And then you can have Chasin or whoever the pitcher is, you know, whether it's Miley or Geo, put down a sack bunt. Get get RC over to second, and now you have Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich with an RBI opportunity. They they just get a base hit. They they just get a single, 
which is a Lorenzo Kane specialty, and you have a run on the board. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and getting runs is really, it's the key to winning the game. I mean, real hard hitting analysis here, but getting runs is the key to winning the game, and the you're not going to have very many opportunities, especially when you're facing a Kyle Freeland or a Herman Marquez or an Antonio, Antonio Senzatella, you know? So as, you have to take advantage of all the opportunities and, and all the base runners you can get. And if RCA can get on more often, that's just a lot more of a threat coming from the bottom of the order. Mm, agreed. Yeah. That's a good call. So it is, it is now time for this week's mailbag segment. And okay, I, I, I've, I've got, I've got, we've, we've got a letter we've got to talk about. We've got a letter. Yes. I, I feel like, do you, do you, I feel do like you, Steve from Blues you know? Clues. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. <laughs> All right, so, so we got a letter. Uh, uh, who's this letter from? Do you know who Nathan Marzian is? Nathan Marzian. I, I've heard of it. I, I've heard of the name. He. Uh, apparently, claim, you know, claimed in back in May that if the Brewers finished ahead of the Cubs this year, he would write a one thousand word apology letter and send oh it out to God. everyone who likes his tweet. That's that's where so, I heard that name. So he he picked up over seventy two hundred likes. Good for him, naturally. Um, and the, the Brewers actually clap back at him. They're like, you know, thanks, Nathan. Our address is Milwaukee Brewers, one <laughs> Brewers Way, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um. And he sent a letter to the Milwaukee Brewers. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a thousand. It's a thousand words. It's you know. I, I don't think anybody wants to hear me read a thousand word letter. Oh yeah. Um, but he, he followed through. You know, so so good on him. You know, uh, he. It looks like he he included something. I think he, he included. An, uh, he, he mentioned donating to Anthony Rizzo's charity. I think is what is what it looks like here. Rizzo's charity. Um, yeah, I uh, I think he, he had Anthony Rizzo is, is a big uh, kids uh, children's cancer advocate. Right, because because so Rizzo think, had cancer as a child. Correct. So, and and that and it's a nice thing to do. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. So he mentioned yeah he 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 suggested that you know people you know people who get his letter donate to the charity great you know great idea love it. But either way, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was <laughs> it was a class act that he followed through, and I thought it was hysterical that the uh, that the, the the Brewers, you know, went out of their way, you know, kind of you know, con, you know, sent him a contact with them to, to to get him to send the letter. I thought that was cool. Yeah, old old takes exposed. You know, I mean, whatever you say on Twitter, anyone can screenshot, and they'll just find you later. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So, so did we get any other letters? <laughs> And um, we got a couple questions on Twitter, so we have that. Oh, good. All right. Um, this one from Jack Stern: How aggressive will the Brewers be with Josh Hader? He hasn't been particularly effective lately when he doesn't get rest. Um, uh, uh, they're going to be somewhat aggressive, but they're not going to push it too far, especially if he you know starts to show signs that he's struggling. I mean, they may only pitch them, you know, in one inning, you know, in, in some of these games, just so that they can just go off one day of rest or, or or no days of rest, and they won't push him too hard, and he won't become too ineffective. That's that's what I think. Uh, banners fly forever. 
<laughs> so screw screw Tommy John. You know, if he has Tommy John, whatever. Better. As long as we win. Hey, um, you know, if if the Nationals had had kept Steven Strasburg in the rotation those years ago and managed to win a banner and he blew out his arm, you know, banners fly forever, man. Yeah. Um, I, I expect them, you know, if they need him to pitch, he's going to pitch. I don't, I don't think they're really going to be too, too concerned about, you know, his rest. He might not go as long as he's gone before. He might come in and stay for a batter or two, but yeah. I would expect if, if, if they need him to come in and dominate, he's going to come in, you know, whenever they need him to, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just about, it's October. It's time to take the training wheels off. Um, but if Agreed. he starts to become ineffective, at that point, it's just hurting the team to bring him in. And you're just going to have to say, you take an extra day, because if we bring you in now, you're not going to be effective, and that's not going to help us reach our goal. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the balancing act that, that you're going to have to deal with. All right, uh, last question here from Frank. Do you think they're truly bullpenning in game one, or are they doing an opener? I would expect the strategy to be similar to the last bullpen game we saw where, you know, they have somebody come in, you know, not necessarily just only for the first batter, but maybe only for the first inning. And then, you know, kind of piece it together from there. There might be, you know, there might be an extended outing from somebody. Maybe if Freddie Peralta shows up, maybe it's Wade Miley, maybe it's Gio Gonzalez. You know, they really haven't told us. So I would expect the strategy to be similar, but, you know, in, in, until Craig Council is, you know, you know, waving to the bullpen, we don't really know, do we? Yeah, man, it's it's gonna be interesting to see, but I, I think they're gonna go with just the opener and then kind of go with the starting pitcher as long as they can. That that's what Craig showed the the last time when you replaced Chase Anderson. All right, it's time for the hot take corner to wrap up this week's podcast because we are just about out of time. So, uh, my hot take um, for this week is. I actually don't really like the the opener idea. I, I don't like the bullpen game thing. I, I'd rather just have your your game one starter and you just go with him through the whole game or at least as long as you can and then get into your bullpen. I, I don't like, you know, kind of the, the, the piecemeal thing or, or the opener or whatever. I'm just kind of not as big of a fan of it in general. And mm-hmm. now, I mean, you're in the NLDS. You've, you've reached, you know, where, where you want to be at the end of the regular season, and now it's go time. And from what they've been doing all season, they've only gone with that opener, you know, the the, the, the non-traditional starter once all year. And it worked out, but it's something that you only went through once. And I, I don't think Craig Council has gone, gone through that style enough to kind of have the experience to kind of know uh, what, what to do in that situation, especially if the opener maybe – doesn't get what what he wants, or or if the starting pitcher that comes in after isn't able to uh, do what do what he's supposed to do. Like Freddie Peralta came in, did a great job. What if Freddie Peralta comes in this time and doesn't? And then now you're you're two pitchers in, and you're only in the second inning, and now you're down in a hole. What are you going to do? Because now you're back down to your 25 man roster, and you're not going to have enough arms to maybe save this game and try to come back and win. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? Just just quickly wrapping up here. My hot my hot take is that no Milwaukee Brewers starting pitcher will throw more than four innings. Wow, not not even through the fifth. Nope. Interesting. 
you 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 will not see a Milwaukee. Uh, no, allow me to rephrase properly. You will not see a Milwaukee Brewers start. Uh, 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 let, me, let me back it up. You will not see a Milwaukee Brewers pitcher throw more than four innings in any game. All right. Just going with quick hooks from Craig Council, and that's going to be it's going to be the end of it. I I just think that. The, you know what? What got them here? It wasn't their starting staff. It was their bullpen, and I just think I just think they're really gonna you know they're gonna ride those guys, you know, awfully hard, especially through this first series in particular. Um, you know, they're coming uh, in reasonably well rested, aside from you know the Jeremy concern with Jeremy Jeffress. Uh, you know, Josh Hader can go more multiple innings. Uh, I would feel confident that Corey Knebel could go work more than one inning. Um, I would want you know corbin burns to go more than one inning yeah it's and, going to be and, and have they announced if if uh brandon woodruff or Freddie peralta are going to be participating no the uh roster will not be announced until uh 10 o'clock tomorrow that that's when they have to turn it in all right um that is going to be it for our podcast this week be sure to subscribe to the reviewing the group podcast and continue to listen in each week we'll be back on thursday uh, next week, I believe so, because um, we weren't able to do it this week because that was during the middle of game one, our, our regular scheduled time for recording this. And so we couldn't leave that. So for Matthew Dwoskin, my co-editor at RTB, and for Jack Shapiro from Rocks Pile, I'd like to thank both of them for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next week on the Reviewing the Brew podcast. <laughs>